1: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Here we go, episode 86, by my count. But truth be told, I think I doubled up on an episode... Way back when? When it was on uh, this show was on the Napstock Files podcast feed, my other podcast feed, check it out if you haven't heard it yet. But we're gonna go with this number. This is the new canon. 86 is it. And we are here. This is me, my monologue to from me to you, Star Wars fans out there everywhere. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You can always reach out to me directly. On Twitter, at Ken Navsock and at ForceCenterPod and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to ask me a question, send me a thought. We do them here. We always have the big show, ForceCenter, the big show, the main show, the superstar story of our fleet. And you can send those questions to hashtag ForceCenter if you want Joseph and Jennifer on board to answer those ones uh, as well. These ones are just me. You hear that sound? I'm dropping things. You hear this sound? Yeah, it's my topic today. I got a couple things. All right, I was out and about doing some errands, just minding my own business, not thinking about Star Wars. In fact, thinking about some other things. A lot of money pouring out of my bank account this last week. Car repairs and whatnot, and travel. A wedding I got to go to out of town. Blah blah. wow, why? I'm sad as me, but money was going out, so I'm just getting getting some food, getting some stuff. Low key Saturday. I turn the corner, my local Walgreens. And there are some Black Series figures from Last Jedi. You hear that sound? It's like an ASMR video. Who's in my hands? Can you take a guess? All right. You got it. It's Kylo Ren. You won. It's the new Kylo Ren from The Last Jedi. And uh, it's number 45 in the line. And uh, you know what? I didn't want to buy this one. I didn't really want to buy any Last Jedi Black Series figures yet. I've said it on the main show, some other shows, I've said it everywhere. If you follow me around in life. I just recently moved. I'm over here in a new apartment. And part of the reason, it's a a nice two-bedroom apartment. apartment, And uh, part of the reason I need that second bedroom was simply for storage of my memorabilia. That is sad to say. That is not a good thing. I am not happy with that. But here I am. Awash in Funko Pops, Black Series figures, Star Wars books, posters. Uh, it's too much. But I love it all. I can't stop. I can't stop. And so I turn in the corner. And I see this Kylo Ren Black Series Last Jedi. I like the design switch. He's got the scar. I don't care if the scar's moved. It's fine. Um, and he's got this little uh, It's almost look he almost looks Game of Thrones like. It's like he's got some uh, Ned Stark boiled leather on, you know what I mean? Two lightsabers come with it, one ignited, one uh not. And uh I usually don't take the figures out of the box. That's just me actually hang them on my wall. Um and there was also a Ray in training. Now I have the Comic Con exclusive. It's the same figure, but that one's in a two pack with Luke. And I thought, well, maybe maybe I should buy a Ray just so I can have a second one to display separately, right? And then they have the new Vader one and a Cassian Andor one that they overstocked with Cassian and Jin. They're hard to sell, but I love Cassian. I already have it, so I didn't need that. So I had the Ray. I have the original Black Series Vader. They released the six-inch figure. Uh, the new one I like, a little more detail. Held that in my hand. I love Darth Vader. Who doesn't love Vader? But I went with Kylo. And again, remember a couple weeks ago, some people accused me in Jedi Council of overlooking Kylo Ren fans. But here I am. This is my fourth different Kylo Ren Black Series figure. I have the first one released for Force Awakens, full mask. Uh, then I have the second one, which is not masked, same Force Awakens outfit. Then I have, then I have the uh, uh, Star Killer Base Kylo Ren, and I also now have the Star Killer Base Ray, which is a little action playset. Really, if you want to take them out of the package and put them together, I could do that. Oh no, I don't take them out of the package. Point being, I couldn't turn away from it. And then, also this week, because I'm moving, or did move, and I've, I've got a lot of extra books. Love books. Love books. I've loved, loved books since I was a little kid. So, in fact, the books that got me into reading were the G.I. Joe Choose Your Own Adventure books, and guess what? I, have, I think I have about 19 of them. I still own them. They're in my closet right now. You could accuse me of being a hoarder. I'd understand. So I'm emptying a lot of boxes that I've had uh, carried around from a couple different apartments and houses in L.A. Some I haven't looked at. I just just had stuff I was storing. I'm going to need those one day. I don't even know what's in here anymore. And I pulled it out, and I got rid of a ton of stuff. Oh, you should be proud of me. But in one of these containers was a lot of books, Rolling Stones, Entertainment Weekly, stuff stuff like that. I found some great Star Wars magazines. I have some, some really uh, mid-'90s vintage uh, magazines, Star Wars Insider Issue 1, uh, Cinescape, and they're all talking about the new Star Wars prequels. We think they're coming out. We think they're going to be made, and here's what they might be, fascinating stuff. We might talk about that one day. But um, in that was the three novels uh, that comprise the Jedi Academy Trilogy. Oh, well. Don't be too impressed. Kevin J. Anderson, the author. These came out. First one in 1994. That's called Jedi Search. Dark Apprentice followed that. Came out later in 1994. They were churning these out like they were the Beatles in their prime. And the final one, Champions of the False. Um which came out, when did this, came? October 94. Man, I don't even really remember them all coming out that fast. But, hey, there you go. All right. Now, these were, I, think, I believe, the first that followed the Timothy Zahn novels, which I have on my shelf. I still have those. Two hardbacks and one paperback of Out of the Empire. Never to get the hardback Out of the Empire. Uh, but Dark Force Rising, Last Command, I have in hardback. Um, please follow those. Now, I love the Air of the Empire trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy. Zon did great. Um, hot chocolate notwithstanding. Love those. And so I was all in on this new Star Wars universe that was going to explode. And it, Star Wars was back, baby. Especially these rumors by now here in the mid-90s of maybe Lucas will make seven, eight, nine, or 1, 2, and 3, or 1, 2, and 3, and 7, 8, 9. And then this came out. Now, they're good. I have no problem. Kevin J. Anderson, if you're listening, wherever you're at, good job. Kudos to you. I liked this series. There's a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of stuff going on here. Chewbacca saw it first. The ship, aerodynamically perfect. Slid through Kessel's atmosphere like a vibro blade. That's right. We're on Kessel. Ron Howard's not going to be the first to take you to Kessel. This one came out in March of 94. I was senior in high school. Wow. Um, so this is, and this was all, you know, um, Lucasfilm approved. This was at the time official. Uh, the expanded universe was just expanding. The black hole cluster near Kessel reached out for the Millennium Falcon with jaws of gravity drawn it close. That's the first official sentence. I liked it. But I'm never going to read these again. I'm never going to read them. Uh, when this series concluded and more books started pouring out, that is when, and I read some of the other ones, I started to pull out of the Star Wars Expanded Universe. I'm sorry if you were to, I'm a Star Wars trivia champion over in the Schmodown, but you know what? If you were to start to ask me some EU stuff, I'm out. I don't know it. And I say that completely res- with complete respect to those of you that are in Now, those of you starting, uh, you know, uh, campaigns of protest on change.org to get Disney Lucasfilm to reinstate the old canon. God bless you. I'm not with you on that. Uh, I thought I never I never took to it. I never did. Uh, It just it it was wasn't my Star Wars. And I can debate that endlessly. If it is your Star Wars, I know a lot of people are still disappointed. All jokes aside. And I get it. You invested a lot of time and money and to find out, nope, none of it's real. Because in 2014, Lucasfilm made this decree. I get it. I get it. But I'm never going to read these books again. I have no intention of it. So I was like, I'm going to donate these books. And I have three boxes here in my kitchen floor of some other books. None of them Star Wars, by the way. And these were – the boxes were already full when I found these Jedi Academy trilogy books. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to uh, – I'm gonna donate these. I'm gonna donate these. I might get a high price, or just just uh, at the bookstore, sell them back here, or just here. Take these. Um, and I pulled them out of the boxes and put them back on my shelf. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. I'm never gonna read these again. Can't do it. So with this in my mind, and this Kylo Ren Black Series figure, which looks great in my possession now, twenty bucks down. When I needed twenty bucks for other things just got me thinking, what is it about Star Wars memorabilia that just grabs us? And why do we want it? Why do we we identify with it? Why did it help launch this industry? And certainly, I get it, before A New Hope, there was merchandise, there was toys. You can find that stuff out there. I get it. But I think without a doubt, and I'm not a history expert on this, I'm not a toy expert, but i really 100% with 100% conviction believe that it was star wars episode 4 new hope and the action figures by kenner that 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 launched us to where we are now and the line lasted actually in terms of history not long by 85 the power of the force figures by kenner were out and the series and the movies and uh, started to wane, and again, I talk about those dark ages, late 80s, other than the card games, making a lot of new things, uh, giving us full names for, you know, Walrus Man and Hammerhead and all that stuff. Star Wars wasn't as, uh, as prevalent as it had been. Um, it was always big, but it wasn't as prevalent, and... Toys had faded away. And then 10 years later, mid-90s, around the time of these books, mind you. So thank you, Kevin J. Anderson and Timothy Zahn, for helping to bring back the Star Wars Star Wars resurgence. Uh, the new Power of the Force figures came out. And Luke and Han and everyone were on steroids, and the figures were <laughs> interesting. Uh, I have a, a large number of those in boxes here as well. Um, but without a doubt, Star Wars brought us to where we are memorabilia-wise. But I'm trying to find the connection. We're trying to find the deep psychological reason why I need these things and why a lot of you out there need these things. I have a lot of memorabilia and other things. I love Indiana Jones. I have a ton of Indiana Jones stuff. Figure-wise, Indiana Jones has always been lacking, but I have some things. I have Game of Thrones things. I have a lot of Game of Thrones things, but you know what? I don't have a lot of Game of Thrones things of is is six-inch figures, and they do have a line. They're actually really good. They're similar to the Black Series. I think they might be the same brand. I don't know. Tell me. Let me know. I don't have those. I have a lot of Game of Thrones Funko Pops, but I have triple the amount of Star Wars Funko Pops. Now there are more, but I have a lot of Game of Thrones Funko Pops. I just don't have. I'm okay. I don't need them. I have a lot of other things. I'm a sports fan, and old. I'm not as big as sports guys I used to be, but I have some stuff. I have McFarlane, New York Yankee figures, McFarlane, Dan Marino figures. I have sports books. I love sports history. I love a lot of history, I have all that stuff. But with Star Wars, there is some deep seated connection, some deep seated need to have a Darth Vader displayed on my shelf looking at it right now as I'm recording uh, one of the first-run Funko Pops. It's it's so early in the Funko Pop line and run before they become so uber-popular that i taken it out of the package. Uh, I only have two Funko Pops out of the package, a Chewbacca and a, a Vader. And the Chewbacca, I think I repackaged. But the Vader, it's so long, I don't even have the package. Uh, on my other shelf, I'm looking at right now. I have uh, a Funko Pop with Vader in his uh, tie advance. Had that so long ago. That's out of the package. Don't remember. What, don't even know where that box is. I used to display a lot of these on the Jedi Alliance set. If you're uh, following me for that long, I have I have the Black Series Speeder Bike with the Biker Scout. I'm looking at right now. That's on my shelf. I have the Chewbacca. Excuse me, the Jabba the Hutt. Similar Chewbacca and Jabba. The Jabba the Hutt's on display. The AT-ST's on display. I have. So much of it, but as opposed to the other things, there's something about this Star Wars stuff that I look at it and it just it it's it releases some sort of some sort of hormone, <laughs> something something in my brain. It's comfort. It's something I, I look at these and identify with these figures. It's it's a little bit of a thumping of the chest. You walk into my apartment and it's like, yep, that's right, that's Jabba the Hutt. What do you think about that? I like Jabba. Do you like Jabba? I feel this compulsion to have this stuff. In my move, I, I because of space, but also just not wanting to live kind of a cluttered life, I have boxed all my Funko Pops up. They're in in plastic containers, not displaying them currently. Who knows where I'll settle? My next place, maybe I'll have a little more room. But I just decided we're not gonna. It's not gonna look like a, a KB Toys or a Toys R S. Uh, let me name some more bankrupt, out of business toy toy stores. Um, uh, it's it's not going to uh, have that feel to it. I want to have a little more space, a little more room. I I'd love. I'd love to grab some of those hot toys, sideshow collectible things, but oh, then you look at those price tags, and nope, can't do that yet. Um, but I just. They're boxed up, but it kind of hurts me. It kind of hurts me to go into my second room here, which is uh, uh, my gym room. And I I open up. I just open. This is what I do. I'm like a crazy old man. I go to my closets, which have uh, sliding doors, glass sliding doors, mirrors, I should say. And I just slide them open. Just stare at the plastic boxes full of Funko Pops. I can see some of them. I even have some Mighty Mugs in one of them. I love those old Mighty Mugs that preceded Funko Pops. I'm just staring at him now. I have my Black Series figures nicely displayed, uh, attached to the the walls in my second room. It's like art. And then is that it? I have some cool posters, uh, Star Wars posters. I just got from the new place. Is is this is is this my art? Is that – just as someone goes to, say, an art museum and looks at a painting on a wall and says, I connect with this, there's something in this that I just am drawn to, uh, there's a power to it, I identify, I find parts of myself. Is that what we all are feeling when we look at uh, the the Star Wars stuff on display? And what do we connect to? Joseph Scrimshaw, my Force Center partner here, I mean – you go to his uh, apartment to hang out or record or uh, grab a drink, and, and he's got the, the new the three-and-a-quarter lines. He loves those things. He's drawn to those. And he's kind of got the same thing. And his, and his wonderful, awesome wife, Sarah, will we'll text him, Hey, I'm at a store. Uh, here's this figure. Do you have one? It's Constable Zuvio, three-and-three-quarters. And Joseph will be like, I need it. I don't know if he could even explain it. Maybe we both need to have a Star Wars counseling. Now, I feel no guilt for this, by the way. Uh, and, and if you're out there and if you're an Uber collector, uh, don't feel guilty. Man, this is our stuff. But I'm trying to find the reason why. I'm trying to find the reason why that I'm holding these Star Wars novels in my hand. Jedi Search, Dark Apprentice, Champions of the Force. And Why can't I get rid of these? What is the compulsion? Maybe I should find a, a young Star Wars fan out there and say, hey, these aren't canon anymore, but take a... Take a listen. Take a read. Find, find what you want here. Uh, all right? Learn about the Sun Crusher. This is the series of books, by the way, that brought us the Sun, Sun Crusher. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why. I love it. But it's this weird thing. It's this weird thing. Um, I mean, I sat there in that toy aisle with this Kylo Ren, Black Series figure, knowing full well that there's no practical reason i need this i'm gonna see the movie i'm gonna love the movie people are gonna know that i love the movie so why do i need this figure does this show that i love it more does this show that i understand it more i think it connects to memories uh, that's especially with the Jedi Search stuff, uh, the Jedi Acad- Academy trilogy stuff. I have one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars memorabilia I have right now. It's not anything tremendously special, but in the mid-90s, the soundtracks, the scores for all three movies at the time were released with a fourth bonus disc with alternate songs, outtakes, and some, and a, and a great uh, um, booklet. A uh, real big uh, booklet inside and a uh, four CD set long box. And uh, I have it. It's in good shape. I don't have a CD player right now. My MacBook no longer has that. Yay technology. Um, but I have it and it's displayed on my shelf now. It, 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 you know, you look at it and I, some people might just go, oh, that's cool. And I look at it and I'm immediately transported back to the mid-90s where I got that. We mid-90s where I was able to uh, put in my car CD player the Yub Nub Ewok Celebration song and crank that up. I would roll down my windows on the mean streets of Arroyo Grande, California and just turn up the Yub Nub song. That's right. I was that guy. I don't have any regrets. but I, I, So if you were to ask me right now to get rid of that, It's not worth a lot, I'm sure. It's not in great condition either. But unless I was starving, I couldn't. Unless I needed to sell it for a couple bucks to get a sandwich, I couldn't do it. I could not do it because there's such a strong emotional connection. And again, I have other things and other fandoms that I have. And I have some of these connections to them. But nothing quite like Star Wars. I don't have an answer to this. I don't have the solution. I'm putting it out to you guys. Reach out to me at hashtag SpotlightStarWars and let's talk about it. Why do you feel there's such a connection to this stuff? Is it just simply happy memories to a happier, more carefree time? I don't necessarily think that's just the case. That's probably part of it. But why, at 41 years of age, am I buying a fourth different version of a Black Series Kylo Ren? Not because I want to collect it. It's not about a collection. I'm not a completist. I don't have every Black Series figure. I just buy particular ones that I'm drawn to. But why am I drawn to it? Why am I drawn to this one? I don't even need it. I needed a can of soup more than I needed this. But I got this first. And for the love of all things, please explain to me why I can't get rid of these mid-90s paperbacks. The Jedi Academy trilogy. Maybe I'll just read them. Maybe I should just read them again. I don't know. Like I said, I love it. I have no regret or guilt. It's just fascinating to me. i Not lying. I purchased this Black Series figure along with my other items and got in my car and just, I was laughing. I was looking at it going, why did I have to do that? But yet I had to. And I did. Always interesting. Let's go to the Spotlight Star Wars hashtag, see if we got any questions. We got a... uh, I have less questions uh, than I used to because I I alternate weeks with my recordings now with Star Wars Ranked. So, guys, uh, don't be shy. Reach on out here. Hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. If you want to ask me something deep, fun, explain why you feel compelled to buy Kaloran Black Series figures when you already have three others. Um, but we do have a good question from at Doom Metal Guy. That's Doom underscore Metal underscore Guy. Adam Nowakowski. Adam says, three-part tweet here, with J.J. coming back to direct Episode nine. the old accusations of The Force Awakens being merely a rehash, sadly reemerge. Joseph and I, of course, have discussed this uh, along with Jennifer on Force Center. Will they ever go away? I actually remember first critical articles on Episode One claiming that it's a rehash of the original trilogy. You know, for example, the comeback to Tatooine and the final battle being a three-way uh, land-space uh, duel. Uh, land, space, and lightsaber duels, what he means. So, Adam, that's a great question. Uh, this is something I sometimes, uh, you know, I, I need my partners in crime, Joseph and Jennifer, to help with this, but I'll try to address it here. It's just easy. It's an easy target. Uh, even going back to the prequels, I, I don't think the the circle ring theory, uh, which Jennifer covered on a great Jedi Beat a while ago. Look that up if you guys are maybe more new to the uh, uh, podcast feed. Jennifer's Jedi Beat episodes are, are not to be missed. Uh, the ring theory, it makes perfect sense. I think there's some intentional uh, ring theory that George has done. I don't think it's as intentional as as the theory says, Um, but I do believe in the poetry of this. George is very open about that. I do believe in the poetry, and these are stanzas, and some of them rhyme, and some of them repeat. Now, we are Star Wars fans. I think Joseph said it great talking about uh, Force Awakens when we were discussing J.J. returning for nine. Like, hey, do we wish Ray was not on a desert planet, but maybe a forest planet? do a more of a water-based planet or maybe she is on the the planet that Starkiller Base is on. Maybe that's where she began. Uh, and then uh, Starkiller Base is a desert planet. I, you know, stuff like that. I, I get that. But it's, I think it's easy to get locked in that stuff. While watching The Force Awakens for the first time, I, without a doubt, 100%, had a little bit of a sigh of disappointment when I realized, yep, Starkiller Base is a big, round, planet-sized planet sized well, planet version of the Death Stars. I was slightly disappointed with that. I, I remember seeing the poster for the first time, and we all kind of looked at that and we're like, ooh, is this that star killer base we're hearing about? And I wanted, I was on, on record on one of the shows saying, I don't want it to be a third Death Star. And it was. And that was slightly disappointing for me, but I'm okay with it. And we've all worked through it. And Adam, I just think it's an easy target and will always be there. Ryan Johnson has already faced it and will face it, no matter what the the actual context of it is. But the fact that he's got little speeders with uh, rebels in them, though they're the resistance now, going up against large first order walkers that are without a doubt reminiscent of the imperial walkers from Empire Strikes Back, you know, it's just, you're just doing hoth again. He's going to get that. It is unfortunate. I just don't think, Adam, it will ever go away until Star Wars does something entirely new. And I don't necessarily want it to do something entirely new. I like the idea of bringing in new characters, new times, and expanding the Star Wars stories in this new era of canon, but I'm okay with it being bunched up for now, because it's the universe I love. It's characters I love. I just finished the Phasma novel by Delilah Dawson, it's really good, and we're going to talk more about it on Four Center. Joseph, Jennifer, and I are going to get together. Um, we're taking some time to really digest these books, and we're going to do a Rebel Rising, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Phasma discussion. Most of it will be focused on Leia and Rebel Rising, to be clear. Um, but I finished Phasma, and it's and it's really good. It's inter- it's entertaining and it's gripping. From beginning to end, you're like, what's going on? Interesting stuff, some intrigue, some drama, some mystery. And it It answers some questions about the First Order. It answers a lot of questions about Phasma, but also remains, uh, helps uh, keep uh, the spirit, the shroud of mystery around her, Uh, keeps it, it remains, this, this mystery around her. But you learn a ton. But it is one of the more different Star Wars stories. And when I, I would say about halfway through it, I wrote Joseph and Jennifer, full disclosure, transparent. I wrote them. I said, hey, guys, I don't think you need to read this one. I'm not, uh, this is not my favorite Star Wars novel. Uh, I, I hesitate to say that out loud because, again, Delilah Dawson uh, killed it. It's great. I didn't want to put it down. That's the thing. I was like, I don't know. This, this, guys, uh, I'm pretty level-headed here on Star Wars stuff here, but I, this isn't really... Ring and True is a Star Wars story, but I couldn't put it down. It is really gripping. And I don't want to get too much plot details here. I hope you guys still read it. Um, But my my tune started to change because stuff started to come into play that was Star Wars for sure that helped uh, expand some of the stories and stuff about the First Order, blah, blah, blah. But the thing was, it was so different. And if you were to take out the name... Phasma and the name of uh, another character. You could just change those names. This could be a spectacular post-apocalyptic sci-fi novel. Um, there's nothing in it. There's now Leia's mentioned up top. She has a, a brief uh, chapter. Take away that. Take away Phasma. Take away. There's another character. Um, there's almost nothing in that book to do with, quote, Star Wars. Could have been anything else. Could have, you could have interchanged it with anything else. Um, and it got me thinking, and we are going to have this discussion. I'm prepping you guys. So maybe if you haven't read the book, uh, that episode on Four Center is going to be in a couple weeks. Um, we're, we're recording soon. Actually, what date is this? It's going to be next week. I apologize. Uh, finish that novel. Um, it, it challenges the idea... Of Star Wars should do something different. Because here I am, a pretty level headed Star Wars fan. I've come to appreciate and love the prequels for what they are, for the stories and the era that they're in. That was a journey. But I consider myself pretty level headed, not reactionary. And I think you guys in the Force Center audience would agree and are of the same ilk. That's why you're attracted to us as a podcast. And here I am halfway through Phasma going, I don't know, this this isn't Star Wars. I don't know if I like this. Couldn't put the book down because it's well written. And at the end of the day, I'm willing to say I was potentially wrong, but it, it makes me think. This is a novel that a lot of people might read and a lot of people won't read. It's a lot of Star Wars fans not reading the novels and comics. But here I am uh, struggling to get through it. I was struggling to get through it in the sense of why am I, I? I have other things I could be doing right now. This is not coming off as a Star Wars novel to me. Why am I reading this? But I couldn't put it down because it's gripping. If this was a movie, if this was a movie, I guarantee the biggest complaints would be this isn't a Star Wars movie. Star Wars forgot to be Star Wars. What is this, Mad Max? What is this, a Star Trek story? What is this? This isn't Star Wars. We see that with some of the comics. I'm one of those jerks that says that about particular, specific issues or moments in the comics. Well, this isn't Star Wars. When really, it's just Star Wars trying to do what a lot of people in the public keep saying. I wish they'd be different. I wish it wasn't always the same. Wish it wasn't always a lightsaber, a sand planet, a snow planet, and a forest planet. So... Adam, I don't know if it's ever going to go away, because even when Star Wars tries, some of the calls are to go back to the familiar. We're going to talk more about Phasma and what that could mean for Star Wars storytelling going forward. I recommend you try the book, if just not to figure this out for yourself. But also, it's really good. It's really good. It just is more different than most Star Wars stories. J.J.'s going to direct Nine. If there's a happy ending, if there's a snow planet or a sand planet or anything familiar and close, especially to Return of the Jedi, the accusations will fly that they just rehashed it all. And it will probably be, most certainly, unfair. Because it's unfair for Force Awakens. It's not That I don't understand it and that we as sensible fans don't understand people saying, well, this has a lot of the earmarks. I think of anything, The Force Awakens isn't just a rehash of New Hope. It isn't a rehash of New Hope. but It isn't just take from that movie. I think it takes from the other two movies as well. I think this was a little bit of a let's gather the Star Wars fans back, give them some comfort, and then move forward with the stories. And that's not a rehash a smart business plan but that's a different show for now adam i think it's a great question it's a fair question but it will remain until something big and different sweeps in on screen on the big screen and makes us all feel like it's star wars by being totally new then we can say these rehash accusations will fall away all right, guys, that is Spotlight Star Wars for the day. Uh, you can find us on Patreon. Support us there at patreon.com slash Centers. We try to reach some of our goals. We have merchandise on Tee public, tpublic.com slash user slash Center. Support us there. We appreciate your sport greatly. We're trying so hard to grow Force Center and make it a big, powerful brand. So if you have one of those shirts to represent, wear it, tweet us a picture. We love it. Follow me at Ken Napsock. Follow us at Force Center Bod. We are on Facebook as well. That is it. Until next time, may that Force thing kind of, sort of, always remain around you.